At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Dream Team Tapes, a Diversion Podcast's original series in association with iHeartRadio. This is the story of the United States Olympic basketball team that won gold in Barcelona in 1992, known worldwide as the Dream Team. One of the signposts we could use to begin the complete Dream Team story is, believe it or not, 1936. Well, I guess we could go back to 1891 when good old James Naismith hung up a peach basket in the Springfield YMCA, but we all know about that. In 1936, basketball became an Olympic sport for the first time. And it happened at the much-remembered Olympic Games, during which Adolf Hitler advanced the idea of Aryan superiority. And American track athlete Jesse Owens, with four gold medals, promptly unadvanced it. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Dream Team Tapes, in which we trace the history of Olympic basketball, including its humble beginnings, and figure out how, over the course of a half-century, it advanced to the orgiastic celebration It became in 1992. Yes, if you want both basketball and use of the word orgiastic, you've come to the right place. So let's travel back in time. Basketball was an afterthought in those 1936 games, which were played on an outdoor clay court that had become muddy and almost unplayable by the finals, which the United States won by a football-like score of 19-8 over Canada. Hmm, I wonder if Steve Nash knew that the U.S.-Canada rivalry goes all the way back to 1936. One of the stars of the United States team was a fellow named Bill Wheatley, who was working for Globe Oil and refining at the time. He was an example of the, well, eclectic method of selecting players back then. College basketball was just a blip on the national radar, and the stars of American hoops were just as likely to be AAU players, generally tough, mature men who were already in the workforce. Of course, the selection committee could have sent a more formidable team had they chosen players from either the original Celtics 
a great touring team made up of white players, or the New York Renaissance, a.k.a. the Renaissance Big Five, or a.k.a. the Harlem Rens, comprised of African Americans. But the Celtics were considered professionals, and the Olympics were for amateurs, a notion that was not quite as ridiculous back then as it came to be, and the Wrens were black. Though the Celtics and the Wrens frequently played against each other, for the most part, basketball, like a lot of things back then, was strictly segregated. War canceled the 40 and 44 Olympics, but the games came back in 1948, and by that time, college basketball had started to become big in our sporting culture. So the American stars of the team that won gold in London, they beat France in the final 65 to 21, were players like Ralph Beard and Alex Groza, who were all Americans in Kentucky. And oh yes, they were also two of the players who a few years later were barred from basketball for point shaving. Ah yes, that true Olympic spirit. But precedent was set. Gradually, the AAU representation went away and college players dominated the Olympic rosters as we continued to win and win big. By mid-century, we reached the best version of the college-led team. The 1960 gold medal team in Rome, co-captained by Oscar Robertson and Jerry West, the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird of their time. Believe it. Victories in 64 and 68 were followed by the strange goings-on in Munich 1972, games that were marred by the murders of 11 Israeli athletes as well as a West German policeman. Now the clock shows three seconds. There is time for the Russians to go to their big man, Alexander Belov. They're going to try. Alexander Belov. Between two American defenders. Back there with him. Jim Ford and McMillan. And the Russian team has mobbed Alexander Belov. And this time it is over. The infamous do-over game, in fact, a twice-do-over game that gave the Soviets the gold medal and gave the United States its first loss ever in Olympic competition. If you don't know the whole story, Google it. It's fascinating. Anyway, that final was considered an anomaly, and our supremacy went on. Gold in Montreal in 76, and gold in Los Angeles in 84, spliced around the 1980 boycott. That 84 team, which included dream teamers Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, and Chris Mullen, and was so good that it cut Charles Barkley, John Stockton, and Carl Malone, none of whom should have been cut, by the way, was a particular source of pride and joy. Our college kids, though younger and unpaid, played for the love of the game, and damn it, we were still better than anyone else. But then we come to 1988, the Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea. A critical trip down court. Smith can't hit it, and Sabonis has the rebound for the Soviets. Pete Sock, they break the pressure, and here comes Marcellonis. Sabonis, and Curtin Itis is fouled as Coles had to cut in to save the easy basket. Four fouls on him. You heard the announcer, Dick Enberg, say three names in that brief clip, Sabonis, Marcellonis, and Curtin Itis. All three played for the Soviet Union. All three were better prepared at that moment to win a gold medal than anyone from the United States. For these 88 games, which are best remembered for Ben Johnson's amazing 100-meter final win over Carl Lewis, followed by Johnson's drug suspension, that also changed forever the perception of college players representing the United States in the Olympic Games. Here's David Robinson, who was supposed to be the star of that 1988 team, 
talking about his first surprising and disappointing meeting with that 1988 Olympic coach. You know, son, you're not going to make this team. And I said, well, why, why not? Why wouldn't I make this team? You know, you have another seven-foot guy that's pretty good. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that. Why wouldn't I make this team? But he said, he said you're not going to make this team. The he David is referring to is John Thompson, who coached that 1988 team in Seoul. You can't pass. You can't handle the ball. You know, your, your basketball skills are minimal. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was just John Thompson's head game. Let's hope so, because one would hope that John wasn't that bad at judging basketball talent. Now, over the years, Thompson has gotten much criticism for the team's embarrassing bronze medal finish. But Thompson was simply in the wrong headspace. Damn, I hate that expression, but there it is. And a dozen other college coaches would have been there, too. He was slow to realize how good international basketball had become. He was slow to realize how subtly different Olympic rules were from what was played in NCAA basketball. He was slow to realize that other countries, especially the Soviet Union, which won the gold, and Yugoslavia, which won the silver, were sending polished professionals who had learned the game from Americans. Meanwhile, we were sending younger college players who were still learning the game. Thompson was slow to realize that perhaps someone else should have been coaching the team. But Big John was part of an ingrained system. Our Olympic teams were manned by college players and coached by college coaches, all of whom had paid their dues. The next college coach in 1992, ah, it would almost certainly be that dues-paying genius at Duke, Mike Krzyzewski. But that never happened. The 88 games was a watershed. The last time we sent our college kids, the basketball world was about to change. The next voice you'll hear will be that of the late, great Boris Stankovic, who at the time the Dream Team was formed was Secretary General of FIBA, which is the Federation International de Basketball. Boris and Boris alone saw the future. He was the one that thought, you know what? If we play people better than us and they beat us by 100 points, so what? That will make us better in the end. Here's Boris. It's a little hard to understand, but... Boris's English is infinitely better than my Serbian, which is non-existent. I convince them that the future is the future, and then only if we are playing with the better than we are, I made the progress. Stankovic was an interesting cat. He was sort of the Yugoslavian version of the late great David Stern. Intelligent, far-sighted, and subtly, very subtly, more subtly than Stern, in love with power. Stankovic was a utility player on the Yugoslavian team that competed in the first FIBA-organized world championships in 1950 in Argentina. We finished ninth, Stankovic told me, and there were nine teams. Anyway, Boris had long been a fan of American basketball, and after he joined FIBA, he was sent to America to better learn the game. He traveled all around and saw mostly college games, and Bill Walton was his favorite player. Boris Stankovic, amazing man, Uh, amazing. Uh, That's my Bill Walton. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I had met Boris a couple times back in the 80s when he was in the height of his FIBA power, but by the time I interviewed him for the Dream Team book in 2010, he was pretty much retired. I caught up to him in Istanbul. It was during the World Basketball Championships, but the main reason I went was to talk to Boris. Well, that and to eat Turkish food with my wife, which is absurdly good. So Boris, by that time, was the eminence Greece of international basketball. While we were talking, people came by and just stared at him much like they would stare at David Stern. You could tell Boris loved it, but, I mean, who wouldn't, right? When I sat down to start the book, I decided to make the Stankovic story Chapter 1, and something about his bio really struck me. For much of his early life, Boris had been a meat inspector in Belgrade, in his native Yugoslavia. My job was to look over the meat and cheese, and as you do here, put a stamp on it, Boris told me. It really struck me. David Stern more or less his counterpart, was the child of New York City deli operators. Still, Stern went to Columbia Law and started in New York City with a high-powered law firm. Boris was slapping meat and smelling cheese. Hit me for another reason, too. I grew up working in my father's meat market. So I titled the first chapter, The Inspector of Meat, and it gave me kind of a format for the rest of the book. Every subsequent chapter began with a V. David Robinson was the Christian soldier, Jordan was the chosen one, and so on. It was a little thing, but it helped. Anyway, the inspector of meat was convinced that international basketball would not grow if the greatest players in the world, those in the NBA, did not interact with the rest of the world. There was a proviso in effect back then that specifically forbade international players from playing against NBA players. It was the worst case of pearl clutching. Oh, my God. Our lads will be sullied by playing against the dastardly pros. But it was a sham, of course, since every other nation routinely sent its professionals into international competition. Now, did they make the millions earned by American professionals? No, they were still pros. Sports was their living. Oscar Schmidt, who played for Brazil, an excellent shooter who never met a shot he didn't like, by the way, was making a half million dollars playing hoops. So to get NBA players into the Olympics, Stankovic had to change FIBA rules and began lobbying to do so as early as 1983. In 1986, the resolution for allowing professionals to play almost passed. The vote was 31 to 27, the two most notable negative votes cast by the United States and the Soviet Union. But by the late 1980s, 
the winds of change were strong. Despite the fact that USA and the Soviet Union still voted against it, the resolution that open basketball should be the rule of FIBA was passed in April of 1989. And there was overwhelming, joyous, triumphant cheers throughout our land. Uh, Not really. Almost nobody in the United States noticed. Almost nobody gave a damn, including David Stern. I don't think we were enthusiastic. We had no idea what we might be getting into. You know, Olympics, this, that. It didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't pick up steam until after it passed. It was okay, we got this thing. Now what do we do? So let's unpack that a little bit. Why did the United States vote against open competition, which would open the door for pros in the Olympics? Very simply, the Olympics were not on David Stern's radar. In truth, they weren't on anyone's radar, beside Boris Stankovic's. True, Stern had drawn up TV deals with several European countries, and the league had even stepped its toe into international play. But Stern was not thinking about the Olympics with those TV contracts and those games. He was thinking about the bottom line. TV meant revenue. Game exposure meant marketing opportunities. And even to this visionary commissioner, the idea of the NBA participating in the Olympics was, for the first six or seven years of the decade of the 80s, a non-starter. How could the Olympics be monetized? How could that help? Anyway, our college lads represented the Olympic team, right? But things started to change. Stankovic had support around the world. The world was getting smaller. The game was getting bigger. Then there was that beating in Seoul in 1988 that demonstrated the world was catching up to us. And there was also this man who Larry Bird speaks about. I love Dave Gavin. Dave Gavin is one of the smartest human beings yes, ever been around. He was and a big loss. I wanted to hang out with Dave Gavin. That's what it was. And he wanted me to hang out with him. A man named Dave Gavitt has a central part in the Stream Team saga. And along with Boris Stankovic, is one of the forgotten men of the Stream Team story. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. In amateur basketball circles, Gavitt had done it all, seen it all. He'd been a successful, respected coach and athletic director. He had been one of the masterminds behind the creation of the Big East Conference, and most impressive, he was the moving force behind the expansion of the NCAA basketball tournament into a billion-dollar bonanza. So it was natural that when an organization called USA Basketball was formed, Gavitt would be the one to lead it. Most men who had been around the college game for as long as Gavitt had were hide-bound traditionalists. NBA players in the Olympics? What, are you kidding me? This is a college game. But Gavitt wasn't like that. Gavitt saw the future, embraced the future. He had bargained with the slickest of the slick, network TV executives, to get serious jack for college hoops. So he was the one that could step into David Stern's office without being intimidated and tell him what's what. Which is what he did when Stern suggested, look, we'll just buy the Olympics. Gavitt was the one that said to him, David, we're not going to buy the Olympics. The Olympics belongs to the country. What I remember most about Gavitt was that he was both businessman and a visionary romantic about basketball. I interviewed him for the book not long before he died at the age of 73 in 2011. And over lunch, he told me this story. He was coaching a touring college all-star team at a game in Athens. We were playing a night game and there must have been 30,000 people there. And the Acropolis was in the background with a full moon, Gavitt remembered. I had chills. I love that story and often think of it when I think of Gavitt. After Gavitt had cast a no vote on behalf of the United States, even though he knew the resolution was going to pass, which it did, he asked for the floor. Now that we've done this, Gavitt told the FIBA reps, you need to realize a few things and help us. We're dealing with a powerful organization in the NBA, and we're going to have to get your cooperation with dates and things like that. So the NBA was ready. It had a good man in Dave Gavitt ready to take charge. What it didn't have was the NBA stars. Here's Charles Barkley and Larry Bird, who were coming at this Dream Team thing from two distinctly different directions. It's going to be one of the first five calls. It was a big deal for me. Remember, they put all five of us on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And the one thing I didn't want to do is go over there and not be able to play at all and, and take away a chance for somebody else to have an opportunity to play at all. So Charles was gung-ho, and Larry was worried about his back. 28 years after the Dream Team won gold in Barcelona, there is still mystery surrounding how exactly the team was selected. There weren't tryouts. Hey, Michael Jordan, listen, would like you to take a couple days off from golf and come out to Indianapolis or some other godforsaken place you wouldn't set foot in and run through some drills. Mm, that was not going to happen. There was a selection committee, but really some of the players selected themselves. Magic wants in, he's in. Carl Malone wants in, he's in. Jordan wants in, of course, he's in. Charles Barkley wants in. Uh, Charles, not so fast. So in the next episode of the Dream Team Tapes, I'll discuss how this team came together, some of the inner intrigue, and lasting antagonism that came out of the Dream Team selection process. I'm calling it Herding Cats. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the Dream Team tapes, please follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. The Dream Team tapes is written and hosted by Jack McCallum. Executive producers, Mark Francis and Scott Waxman. Executive producer for iHeartMedia is Sean Tatone. 
The Dream Team Tapes is a Diversion Podcast's original series in association with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.